Hello, I am Interim Associate Pastor Nicole Chapman Farley, and this is The Message. We are glad that you're listening in Libertyville, in Lake County, or around the world. Center your hearts now around the prayer for illumination. Listen deeply to the scriptures and let God's word speak to you through the message delivered by our guest preacher. Please join your hearts with mine in our prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your, in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Our first reading from Holy Scripture today comes from the prophet Isaiah. Hear these words from the prophet. In the, king, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a high and exalted throne, the edges of his robe filling the temple. Winged creatures were stationed around him. Each had six wings. With two they veiled their faces, with two their feet, and with two they flew about. They shouted to each other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heavenly forces. All the earth is filled with God's glory. The doorframe shook at the sound of their shouting, and the house was filled with smoke. I said, Mourn for me, I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people with unclean lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heavenly forces. Then one of the winged creatures flew to me, holding a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has departed, and your sin is removed. Then I heard the Lord's voice saying, Whom should I send, and who will go for us? I said, I'm here, send me. Our second and third scripture readings today come from the Gospels of Mark and Matthew. First, from Mark in chapter 3, verses 13 to 19. Jesus went up on a mountain and called those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve and called them apostles. He appointed them to be with him, to be sent out to preach, and to have authority to throw out demons. He appointed twelve. Peter, a name he gave Simon, James and John, Zebedee's sons, whom he nicknamed Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, and Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Alphaeus' son, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Our second reading comes from Matthew, the last five verses of the Gospel of Matthew, where we hear about the commissioning of the disciples. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them, I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good morning. 
Since it's baseball season, I just thought of it. I feel like I'm coming out of the corn when I come out of the choir. And I'll go back in. You rang. It's certainly my privilege this morning to share with you some personal items for the last 40-some years. First, but foremost, that comes later, we do have to get a few administrative items out of the way. I might not have the seminary pastoral garb, but at least I do have the right color robe. <laughs> do you like the new choir robes? Strolls, rather? A recognizable green. <laughs> Second, my bride of 48 years has, in the past, probably like today, told me that at times I might be a two-bit loquacious. Too much backstory. So I make a promise to you today to cut it shorter and assure that you are out of here by 1230 at least. <laughs> I also ask your help to squelch a rumor that's been going around. Ted Cassidy, the very tall six foot nine inch actor who played Lurch the 1960s TV show, The Addams Family, used to answer the door with, you rang. In 1977, we were introduced to a fabulous new villain, voiced by James Earl Jones, and as Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father. Add David Edelfeld and me, all stentorian dulcet tones, and though we might sound alike, Contrary to rumor, we are not separated at birth. <laughs> Special thanks to Essie Polkron for her tutoring on my Greek pronunciation today. If I get it wrong, blame the tutor. <laughs> the final administrative issue today, as we heard earlier, today is Father's Day. And I'm regularly humbled and proud of our three adult children who still call me dad. I ask you to make a promise to yourself today. Take a few minutes to reflect on your own father figure in your life, be he biological, step, adoptive, coach, teacher, scout leader, neighbor, family friend, crazy uncle, and how he influenced you and your life. Isaiah, so what would we do without Isaiah? He is probably the best known of all the Old Testament prophets. The importance of this book for the Old Testament continued through the ages and is often quoted. In fact, when Honda was composing his great masterpiece, The Messiah, in 24 days, he had a collaborator, Charles Jensen's, who wrote the libretto. And of the 81 Bible verses used in the piece, the most, 21 or 25%, were from the book of Isaiah. But back to Isaiah. Israel was splintered and left without a king when Uzziah died. God was looking for a leader. No previous experience necessary. Again, no previous experience necessary. Isaiah was a man of unclean lips, living amongst men and women, also of unclean lips. But God called him to serve. 
to serve and minister. And in the language of the day across the many countries, it was Greek. And the term is theokonia, service and ministry. Many scholars call this commissioning of Isaiah, not unlike what we will do next week when we commission others. When we heard the gospel today, the calling of the 12, again, we see a call from God to a group of various backgrounds, skills, and ages. But as to being a disciple, again, no experience asked or necessary. There is a message here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his small but powerful book, The Cost of Discipleship, was talking about becoming a servant disciple, or in the Greek, pathetis. And like the others, the call goes forth, and Levi or Matthew answers, probably the most learned of the twelve. Although today is not practical for us to burn our boats, or to leave our families, certainly there is a response to the call of Jesus. And it is named priorities above all other choices. One for our time. Volunteering whenever we can, in whatever capacity one is able, to the many and worthy options for action here. Serve as a deacon, an elder, a teacher, a food pantry server, a mentor, a prayer partner. The list is as long as the one Reverend Amy read aloud on Volunteer Sunday. To our talents. Even though we heard that no experience is necessary, we all have unique gifts. I know a few of yours. I'd love to know the others. But you can share them. And when, we, when you do answer the call for service, but you feel without the necessary skills. Like, I would like to sing in the choir, but not sure since they are so good. But the important thing is, there are 35 people behind me that will help you become a choir member. And three, your treasures. Co-chairing stewardship, I have to say something about that. The importance of making and keeping a faithful and regular financial commitment to this church allows for the many avenues of outreach and service to continue. Pledging is important and does reflect our priorities. The early church was usually about theokonia or service action verbs. Three to four hundred years later into the 500 AD, in the various councils of Nicaea, that was a left-hand turn. The leaders of the church concerned about the major split. Well, how can we solve that? Well, we really didn't. Now we have, some people say, 45,000 different denominations across the board. But they were talking about an endorsement about what we believe. Hence, our various creeds. I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I believe, I believe, I believe, and I started feeling like donkey in the movie. What do I believe? But it's good to remember the first 300 plus years of Christianity and the call to action, and not just a call later to recite what we believe. 
It is both. James, in his letter to the scattered believers in Jerusalem, said a man is justified by works and faith. He concluded that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is likened as a body without a spirit. The door. Now, I see Becky Goldman here this morning, and she'll remember one of her own doors on a mission trip. Well, we got it up, didn't we? When each of one of our three children was a senior high, when a senior in high school, I went with the senior high Ruth group on the summer trip. Although not as skilled as my namesake in the tenor section, Kirk Townender, I do know which end of the hammer to use. I was a red shirt, someone sort of like a semi-pro who could go around to various home sites and assist and or instruct as needed. This time I was in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, and of course, as Gary remembers, wherever we were, it was 105 degrees every day. I stopped by one site and noticed, just sitting on the grass, not doing anything, a young woman, more like 18 or 19, older than a lot of the other high school kids, just sitting there, not being involved. The resident that, we were ser that they were serving that day wanted to have a door under her porch so she could use it to store outdoor furniture and such. You know, a door with hinges and a lock, and you put the furniture in and take it out when you need it, but it's secure. I started describing the project to Sally, whom I'll, I don't know if that's her name, it's not relevant, but it's a nice name. <laughs> and as Kirk Tom on your nose, I started drawing a design with a pencil on a piece of spare lumber. Sally then interrupted me and said, I got it. Of course, I said, you got what? I know what needs to be done. She took it from there, designed it, built it, and installed it. Although I was not there to help every step of the way, she was not alone. Friday afternoon of that week, I was exhausted. And when taking a shower, you never know who you're gonna to talk to in the shower, started talking to another adult leader. After exchanging pleasantries, he asked, how was my day? I described the door. He then shared with me that the young woman who I called Sally was one in his own youth group. He was her pastor and she was, had been experiencing some real-life difficulties. Parents dropped out of college. She said that Sally came to him that afternoon and asked to call her estranged parents and was now working to get back into college after dropping out. Although the imagery is sweet, it wasn't about the door. It was about hearing and answering the call. All parties benefited, but certainly I felt the presence of God around me. 
Fast forward to, to Katrina. A call went out to congregations to come and help rebuild. A group of us ventured forth to build new stilt, stilt homes in devastated parishes in Nolens. Again, various skill sets. Among us was Carmen Lago. A Carmen had an injured leg and eventually, I think, a knee replacement. So our group was down a player, or so I thought. How was she going to serve? Instead of everyone fumbling and trying to measure cuts on their own of lumber, I set up a Henry Ford assembly line wherein the measure twice became measure thrice and cut once. Was our motto and Carmen and being able to sit on a chair mark the cuts on the lumber? Much more efficient and accurate. God, God found, a way, found a way for all to serve that week. But sometimes you need not wait for the bell to ring. And answer, you rang. You and I can make the call. Ask how you can help. Raise your hand. Some know me. Some think I might be a type A. I often would go where angels fear to tread. My motto, leadership at core is avoid. If not the lead dog, the view is always the same. In my career, I try to see where I could put my predilection for service into my work pursuits. I promise a 12.30 dismissal, so I will only share a little from my work life. Although having a degree in science and then graduate work in, in business, I took a risk with a startup company and as a CIO called Cash Station. Later would run the nationwide star network. And then the last 10 years, an executive with MasterCard out of New York, designing and building what have become enormous global secure payment networks and businesses. But a very personal example from my first beginnings at Cash Station, I was nudged by a call from Jesus to answer a call to do the right thing. Cash Station only had about six or seven FTEs, long days and a long-suffering bride with three kids at home. No success guaranteed, taking a career risk, but as any good manager knows, you hire the best who know what to do and can do what you can't do. I needed an expert in financial settlement, so I reached out to a former employee, Jim, and that is his real name, to join the team. When it came time for Jim to enroll in healthcare, our provider said no. Jim had what we now call AIDS. So my boss, Steve, the president and a Presbyterian pastor's kid, or some of you are known as a PK, and I said, we need to change vendors. The board chairman said, no. So here's the risk component. Kirk and Steve told the chairman, you have a choice. You can get other execs to try to run this startup, 
or we change vendors. The rest of the board agreed with us. I would say they were really smart board. <laughs> we changed vendors. Jim received the care he needed, and he is now, 34 years later, a retired Episcopal priest living in Philly and just celebrated another anniversary with his husband. When I would go to a grocery store in the 70s and 80s, maybe some of you can relate to this, I would often see a checkout aisle with a sign for food stamps here. And I said, a checkout aisle, not all of them. Separate and unequal for the least of our brethren. So I said to a call, we can do better. We built efficient and secure systems here. Let's find a way to use them. And being a lifelong Presbyterian, I did the Presbyterian thing. I formed a committee. <laughs> Drafted the first set of operating rules and principles for what became electronic benefits transfer. I traveled to D.C. many, many times to testify, learn more about politics than I ever wanted to know. And when Al Gore became VP, he then took our little committee that could and made a real one, but with some oomph. It took longer than I wanted, 10 years instead of two, but we were able to make all boats rise. We test, when test marketing the system in one state, we had a one-way mirror where several recipients were discussing the new process. One woman turned to her friend and said, look, look, I have my own Visa card. That's Scarlet W, the figurative welfare on the forehead had been erased. For me, I felt like the long, Lone Ranger to Tonto. Our job is done here, and I needed nothing more. I've shared my own examples in my own life here in the church and in my career. And by the way, if you want to know why there is Braille on drive-up ATMs, you can see me later. Wherein I heard the call, I heard the nudge, I made the call. Like Isaiah, I might not have had all the experience necessary, but I was never alone. God was with Isaiah. God was with the Twelve. And God is with you and with me, always calling us to Theokonia, Ministry of Service. He has chosen you and me. And how can we not answer that call? Be not afraid. As Jesus said to his followers in Matthew, the last thing was, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you. Thank you for listening on our podcast or through our YouTube playlist of sermons. Be sure to forward this message to someone whom you believe is seeking God's word today.